I cut my cheek shaving. And the BYU Cougars are going to beat Arkansas. Two things that are true. This is Locked On Big 12. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Big 12. I'm Drake Toll from ESPN Central Texas. Thank you for making Locked On Big 12 your first listen every single day. Am I a child for still cutting myself shaving? I don't do it very often, but I did here. I cut my cheek shaving, which I come to find out is like one of the most fragile parts of your face. Do you, other adults, cut yourself while shaving? I am only, I'm only 22, so I've got a lot of shaving experience to go. But I, thought, I just thought you should know that there are some things that are objectively true. One is that I cut myself shaving on my cheek. And the other is that the BYU Cougars will bring their bad rushing offense, mediocre passing offense, and beat the Arkansas Razorbacks' bad passing offense then mediocre rushing offense. Especially when the Arkansas Razorbacks are missing who I think is their deadliest player, Raheem Sanders, Rocket Sanders. Let me give you a little uh, little background here. Up here, there's a sign above me. It says the word Valonia on a population 3,518. That's where I was born and raised. If you didn't know that, what rock have you been under? I mention it all the time. Valonia is a small town in the state of Arkansas. It is in the central part of the state. We would go almost every weekend to see the Arkansas Razorbacks play against whoever they were playing against. From the Houston Nut era to Bobby Petrino to Chad Morris to Brett Bielema to everybody you can name in that era, I was there for it. Born and raised a huge Arkansas fan. I love to see them win. And I also have to be objective because there are so many Arkansas fans who will blow hot air up your skirt. And they'll tell you that Arkansas is going to go nine and five, nine and five, nine and three every season, eight and four every season. And there's the, they're the ones that go, I see 10 wins here. I see 10, I see 11 wins here. And if they don't, fire the coach. Well, what I see this weekend is a BYU team that shows that it can adjust and prepare to competition. And, and what, what do I mean by that? I've seen it with my own two eyes. Going to Baylor University, I saw BYU play twice. The first time in Waco, you'll remember it was a couple years ago, Baylor's homecoming flyover, ton of BYU fans there. And what happened? BYU got rocked. I mean, absolutely killed in Waco. They looked unprepared. They looked slow. They looked way too small to be on the same field with Baylor University, on the same field with the Power 5 team. They got punched in the mouth by a Baylor squad that would go on to win the Sugar Bowl and the Big 12 championship. Fast forward a year, Baylor takes a similar team into Provo, Utah, and what does BYU do? Kalani Sataki mentioned, he mentioned that Baylor game and said, hey, if we're going to, BYU, BYU compete at the power five level. We're going to have to be as big, as strong, as aggressive as the Baylors of the world. Kalani Sitaki in a home game took his group of BYU Cougars, Puka Nakua, and absolutely stomped Baylor. It was a close game. You know, kicker missed a field goal, and then another kicker missed a field goal, and it was weird, went to overtime and gross. It was a gross football game. But all in all, from the crowd to the way the team played on the field, BYU was cocky, confident prepared, and they adjusted to win. That's what I love about Kalani Sataki, is the adjustment to win. Now, look, he's going to lose some games where you go, hey, Kalani, wh- why did you do that? Because that, that's what it, that, that's kind of the feel of the Kalani Sataki era. Am I wrong in saying that? Am I wrong in saying that? So, I have, at, 
obviously not followed BYU for more than a couple of years now since they've gotten to the Big 12 and really felt the need to buy into this team. But it reminds me, it, I'm reminded of last season where BYU beats a team like Baylor and then they go on later in the year to lose to Liberty 41-14 to or lose to East Carolina where you think, what? I think it was Boise State, a game on the road last year that BYU won. You're like, oh, wow, this team's so prepared. Stanford, this team's so prepared to beat these big, bad squads, these, these Power 5 teams. And then they go play an ECU and they lose. They play so close against Notre Dame. And they lose to Liberty, 41-14. to 14. That's the Kalani Sataki era for me of like, oh, wow, big win, yes. And they're disappointing loss. What would this week be for BYU? A big win. This feels like the game that Kalani Sataki wins. The one where you think, all right, early season, big game. Can BYU do it? They got it done against, B- against Utah a couple years ago. And again, I already mentioned the Baylor game. Can the Cougars do it here against the Hogs? I think they can. I think they can. And, and what it's going to come down to is absolutely 100% BYU's ability to throw the football. Arkansas's rush defense is good. They allow 45 yards per carry. Granted, they played Western Carolina and Kent State. Their pass defense, 200 yards a game, also pretty solid. They lost Jalen Catalan, their best defensive player to Texas. That is something, the Arkansas secondary, is something BYU is going to have to exploit if BYU is going to win this game. Now, the BYU defense, very similar. 61 rush yards allowed per game. 204 passing yards. BYU, very similar schedule. They played Sam Houston and Southern Utah. None of the four combined opponents of these two teams jump off the page. This is the first real test either of these teams will see. And these are two teams competing to me. This is, let's be honest with ourselves, both Arkansas and BYU. Two teams that are competing to finish in the six to eight wins range, maybe five to eight wins range. Very similar schedules when you look at how these two squads will finish. I think BYU will finish seven and five, eight and four. I think Arkansas will finish seven and five, eight and four. With that in consideration, then this game becomes more of a coin flip. When you take out Arkansas's best offensive player, I think Rocket Sanders is better than KJ Jefferson. When you take out Arkansas's best offensive player, that gives BYU an even better shot. When you take into consideration the fact that Keaton Slovis has better stats than KJ Jefferson early on throwing the football, that bodes well for you as well especially considering the fact that Keaton Slovis, in my opinion, has not played as well as I would have liked him to for BYU to this point. If you're a BYU fan, you're not thinking this is USC Keaton Slovis. You're thinking this is Pitt Keaton Slovis. You're watching him play and you're going, oh, he's good. His stats last week against Southern Utah were solid. But, ah, ah, he hasn't lit it up. He hasn't been a Heisman contender that everybody expected him to be after a breakout first year for him in college football. For K.J. Jefferson, the teams he's played, Western Carolina and Kent State, Arkansas won game one, 56-13. And he thought, all right, this Arkansas team's going to kill Kent State. They got blown out of the water by UCF. This is not even going to be close. And instead, it was a snoozer of a game. Final score, 28-6. I didn't just watch the highlights. I watched almost every down of that game live between Arkansas and Kent State and the whole time thought, what is going on? Arkansas is replacing a defensive coordinator and an offensive coordinator. Who is their new offensive coordinator, you ask? Well, it is none other than former UMass head coach, Dan Enos. Now, Dan Enos was at Arkansas under Brett Bielema as well, and now he's back in the same role. And to me, as Brett Bielema's OC, he was an intricate piece that led Arkansas to a bunch of seven and eight win seasons. He's, he's not this elite offensive mind coming in to coach the Hogs. He is a 
hey, let's ground and pound more than we do air it out, and let's win football games the old-fashioned way. That's what I knew of Danny Enos when he coached at Arkansas the first time. Doesn't seem like he's going to change that much with K.J. Jefferson, who to this point through two games has not been as elite of a threat through the air as I expected. It's also an Arkansas team that had some very similar like BYU-esque games last season in 2022. They lost to Missouri, which they seem to do pretty consistently now, and you're like, oh no. They lost to, to Texas A&M in a game that they very well should have won in Arlington, and, and they lost to Liberty, just like BYU did. And you think, Arkansas, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? You beat, you beat number 14 Ole Miss. You stomped them. I watched that game. Rocket Sanders went off the same guy who's going to be out this week. I watched that game and loved it. But then they lost to Liberty. Very similar to BYU. This is a makeup. Two programs have a very similar makeup. They're always kind of competing in that eight to nine win range. And then when they hit 10, 11 wins, it's a big surprise. And it's awesome. It is awesome for the program. Very similar teams playing in Fayetteville this Saturday at 6.30 p.m. I love, I love, I love the idea of BYU getting an upset here because Keaton Slovis steps up. Arkansas is that its best playmaker offensively. I don't think Dan Enos is an elite offensive coordinator. He doesn't scare me. And BYU is not going to be forced to run the ball, something they haven't been able to do very effectively. Like, who is who is BYU's elite running back right now? They don't have one. They don't have a running back that scares me yet. That's what would scare me as a BYU fan for why they'd win this game. Instead, I think you take the under... BYU's defense, defense travels, steps up in Fayetteville, and the Cougars get the win against Arkansas. I think BYU wins because of Arkansas's conservative nature on offense. They're down their best player, and I just don't think Dan Enos gets this one done. This is the game Kalani Sataki wins. This is the kind of game Kalani Sataki wins. Give me BYU plus the points and the money line on Locked On Big 12, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Have I told you about my friends at LinkedIn? Because I have a banger, banger ability to get content out all over social media because I hired an intern. These days, new potential hire can feel like high stakes, the high stakes wager for your business. You want to be 100% certain that you get this return on investment, right? So the fact that I went to, to LinkedIn, I was like, hey, look, I need to find an intern, but I need to make money. Like I need the intern to kind of pay themselves based on the revenue they help me bring in, right? That's kind of the point of hiring an employee. They help you make money, right? right? That's why I went to LinkedIn and it's worked out great. LinkedIn jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. If you see somebody replying to your comment on YouTube or are tweeting things out and it seems a little funky, probably because my intern has taken over the creative ideas and I love it. So right now, add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile. Simple tools, screening questions, make it easy to focus on the right candidates with the right skills. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to and faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. LinkedIn.com slash college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Are you ready? 
Country Roads, take me home. All these people that are talking about how Country Roads is not about West Virginia, they can suck it. West Virginia and Pitt this week. I don't think Pitt is going to win this football game. And the line keeps moving in favor of West Virginia. Not too long ago, it was Pitt. Pitt's going to win. You know, this is easy. I mean, preseason, I was saying Pitt's going to win this game. It's not going to be close. They had a great year last year. And then, and then the closer we got to this matchup, the more I think, wait a second. I don't think Pitt is going to win this game. I think that all these predictions that people have been putting out are wrong because I, I, don't, I don't know for Pitt who's going to stop C.J. Donaldson. And, and, and for West Virginia, you know, Garrett Green has not been a world beater. He's not one of the best quarterbacks in the Big 12. Poor kid, five foot nothing, 202 pounds. But wait a second, he's, he's, he's looked pretty good. I mean, good enough, right? That Duquesne game, he didn't have to do much. He still threw four touchdowns. Against Penn State, I mean, he, he, the, the score, is, it lies. 38-15, they didn't cover. But Penn State was on the ropes a couple of times. There were some points where West Virginia is squarely in that game because Garrett Green is to me a good field general. He's not going to turn the ball over. He's not going to do something stupid. Am I am I wrong? Sure, he's uh, he's made a few passes where he's thrown short or he's airmailed and his his receivers have dropped a few balls. I'm not going to say by any means this West Virginia team is dominant or elite. I don't think they are. I still think they're going to fire the coach. But the running game has proven to be maybe in the best of the Big 12. 225 yards per game. Now again, you play Duquesne. That helps you a lot, right? But there's also that game at Penn State in a wideout at night where the score lies. The score lies. I love what C.J. Donaldson did. I love who C.J. Donaldson is. And like I mentioned, you know, Garrett Green is, is what I would... I'm going to use the word serviceable as a quarterback, but above average as a runner. He gets outside of the pocket and creates. That makes Garrett Green very dangerous. Against a Pitt team that, by the way, what do we learn about them? Well, they just got upset. Seven and a half point favorites against Cincinnati at home, and they got beat. I mean, beat. Very early on, Cincinnati up 10 to nothing. You're like, oh, wow. This, this, is, this is weird. Pitt's going to come back, though, right? This is 10 7. Next thing you know, it's 27 to 7. Then it gets hairy at the end of the game, and it looks like Cincinnati is going to give this game away with 11 minutes to go. They're only up by six. Pitt's got plenty of time to come back. And what did Cincinnati do? They shut the door. They shut the door. That's why I think West Virginia, with the offensive line that it has, that has been good, with a mobile quarterback like Garrett Green, with C.J. Donaldson running the football against a pit team that just got upset at home, and now they got to travel on the road, West Virginia has the upper hand. I, am, I, I, I don't like Neil Brown. You guys know that, right? I also, ESPN has this game at a 65% chance of a pit victory. But I, I'm, I'm not about that. Hayden Clement? Clement? I've heard it pronounced both ways. Clement. Explosive in the passing game. Explosive in the passing game. C.J. Donaldson, Garrett Green, those three guys, those three-headed monsters. I'm not telling you, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. I'm not going to come out here and say that Davis Mallinger is going to come out out of nowhere and have an insane game. No, I'm not telling you there's going to be a secret weapon for West Virginia that's going to come out and win this. What I'm telling you is what you already know. The West Virginia offensive line is good. C.J. Donaldson is one of the best running backs in the Big 12, top three, if not number one. And that's going to win the game for West Virginia. Do I think this team has enough wide receiver talent to compete down the road in the Big 12? That's the big question for me. Do I think Garrett Green's a good enough quarterback to compete for the Big 12 down the road? That, that's a, still a big question mark for me. 
But I do think they're good enough to compete against a pit team who is not throwing the ball very well. Jerkovic, is that their quarterback's name? That's a bad name. I don't think that, I, I don't, I'm not scared. He is 27 for, my notes, 27 for 55. That is a uh, 49% completion percentage. That's what we call in my industry, bad. He lost to Cincinnati at home. I think now West Virginia and Cincinnati are comparable teams. That's a compliment to both. Cincinnati's a good football program. West Virginia might win more games than I assumed because of the way they played against Penn State, because of the way the offensive line has played. The win against Duquesne, how much do I read? How much do I read in that, right? How, what do we, it's Duquesne, right? What are we doing? But I, think, I think West Virginia gets it done. Also, the ACC is falling apart. Uh, this is going to be a Big 12 matchup pretty soon. It's going to be one of the best, the best rivalries in the Big 12 as well. I think so. The ACC is falling apart. They're taking those other teams at a discount. And then Florida State's going to leave, and then Clemson's going to leave, and Miami's going to leave, and they all, the whole thing falls apart. When it does, it's coming to the Big 12. This is a Big 12 matchup. West Virginia, Pitt, the Nears. Get it done this weekend on Lockdown Big 12, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team, every day. Hello there, FanDuel, my old friend, the place where I win my money. I went this weekend and I made many, many parlays, many parlays, and I did not win. I didn't win. But I have some best bets out there right now, including my favorite bet, Kansas State minus five this weekend. You're going you're to want to play that before Saturday, all because of LinkedIn. It's where <clears throat> fan duel. It is where I go constantly for the NFL, for the NCAA, for the MLB. Get ready for the NFL season right now with incredible offers from fan duel. Right now, new customers bet $5, get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Returning customers bet $5, get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket on YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. That's what I did. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Check out FanDuel, guys. It's my favorite. It is the biggest matchup in the Big 12 this weekend, Kansas State and Missouri on the road. The SEC and the Big 12 pit against each other in another matchup, similar to BYU and Arkansas. This one's going to go a lot different, though. BYU and Arkansas will be a tight, low-scoring game. This game will be as many points as Kansas State wants to score. Our friends at Missouri have played two games. Both of them were not very good for our friends at Missouri. 35-10 to 10 over South Dakota. That's not great. You know what's even worse than that? 23-19 to 19 against Middle Tennessee State. Oh, no. Missouri has 215 passing yards per game this year, compared to 305 for Kansas State. Rushing the ball, Kansas State also leads that category, not by 90, similar to passing, but instead by 25, which is still a nice amount. There's a couple of first downs there for you. Kansas State is taking care of business. They covered against Troy, 42-13, and pitched a shutout against Southeast Missouri, 45 to nothing. Kansas State was my pick to win the Big 12 this year. They're playing a Missouri team that has been reeling. I mean, that's kind of as bad as this is as bad as two wins against South Dakota and Middle Tennessee can be. 35 to 10. And then 23 to 19. Kansas State's only allowed 38 rushing yards to a Troy team that's not bad, mind you. Troy's usually very competitive in the Sun Belt and in Southeast Missouri, who exists. Kansas State's allowed 218 passing yards per game, only 256 yards allowed per game. And guess what? Kansas State is going to have the best player on the field this week. It's not DJ Giddens, though I do really like DJ Giddens, and for just a sophomore, too. It is Will Howard. 
Will Howard is still my all-Big 12 first-team quarterback. He has tossed a couple of interceptions. He has. He can make a case whether or not they're his fault. But he has been as good as he's needed to be against Troy and Southeast Missouri. It feels, and maybe you disagree, Kansas State fans, but this is the way that I watch it. The way that I watch Will Howard, I think, hmm, this is the game where they kind of unleash him. This is the game where Will Howard gets to go and be this world beater. And, and the play calling to this point has kind of been dialed back a bit. You've seen him run the football well, right? A couple of touchdowns each week, uh, or I guess one touchdown in week one. But it feels like things have been dialed back to the point where Will Howard hasn't gotten to be Will Howard that we want him to be. This happens a lot with really good teams. This happens a lot with really good quarterbacks who are returning quarterbacks. Is the first few games of the season, the coaching staff will say, hey, we're going to pull the leash a little bit. We're going we're to hold you back. And then when we play a, a, a formidable opponent, we play a game that's like a must win or a you know, national television, approve it game, then we're really going to let you fly. Checking my watch here. That would be this week. Kansas State and Missouri. A Missouri team that's allowed 181 passing yards and 58 rushing yards. That's that's good, right? Well, then you take into the fact they played Middle Tennessee State and South Dakota. Remember that those are not good matchups, and this is not one of the best teams the SEC has to offer. I'll tell you this much. Who has more talent on the field on Saturday? Probably Missouri. Missouri recruits at a really high level. They have they done had they done been recruiting at a high level. I mean, uh, for what it is, high for Columbia, Missouri, not high for Alabama. But Eli Drinkowitz has been pretty good on the recruiting trail, not bad at all. But he's lost with them. He's got his recruits, he's got his players, and sure isn't working out to this point. They are a middle of the pack team year in and year out in the SEC. If that's what Missouri wants to settle for, then fine. This is not a team that has a, an ability to win ten games this season. They just beat Middle Tennessee State by four. What a snoozer of a game. And I, I am I'm just shocked the amount of fans from Missouri who have been so fired up this week on Twitter. Like, oh, we're going to win this game. We're going to win this game. I think even maybe the, the worst part of this whole deal for Missouri is the fact that it's 11 a.m. kickoff. Kansas State. This is a blue-collar program. And we're not talking about five stars. We're not talking about four-star world beater DBs and corner DBs and wide receivers. We're talking about blue-collar. These boys worked on the farm. They love the 11 a.m. kickoffs. If this is a 6, 7 p.m. kickoff in Columbia, the place is rocking, which is already not a great atmosphere there. Place is rocking, a night game. All right, Missouri, I'll toss you a little bit bit of a bone. This is one of those 11 a.m. sleepers that you're not a fan of these teams. You're in your car, and you're like, oh, you know, I'll check the score. And then you check it, and it's the first quarter, and it's 21-0 Kansas State. And you're like, well, 11.36 local time. Guess I didn't have to watch that game anyway. In all this buildup on the SEC network, 11 a.m. is perfect for what Kansas State is. That is blue collar. That is Will Howard. It's Chris Kleiman. It's, uh, oh, uh, who's their offensive coordinator? Who's the one who does the offense? Whatever they call him. What an idiot. Eli Drinkwitz pretending he doesn't know Colin Klein's name. Guy was in New York. Eli Drinkwitz. You, what, what room to talk do you have? Kansas State will win this game by a lot of points. The Schrader kid from Missouri is good. The, what is it, the Burden kid? Also a good wide receiver. Those two guys are good. But I don't have faith. I don't have faith that Brady Cook can come out and win this game for Missouri. Have you seen his haircut? I don't like going out for kids. I mean, they're children, you know. These are young guys. But somebody needs to help his haircut, please. Kansas State wins. They win by a lot. That's my lock of the week. Kansas State minus five this week against Missouri on the road. I will be glued to that 11 a.m. I'll be at the Baylor-Long Island game because it's where I live and who I cover at ESPN Central Texas. But I will have my little TV 
tuned into Kansas State and Missouri to watch Kansas State win by as many points as they want to win by. I have my entire bankroll on Kansas State this week. BYU is going to beat Arkansas. West Virginia is going to shock Pittsburgh. I say shock. This is something West Virginia has dominated for the last 30 years. West Virginia is going to be, be they're going to beat Pittsburgh at home. And that line keeps moving. Now it's West Virginia minus like two and a half. Man, they'll cover. They'll win by three, at least. And Kansas State will beat Missouri. Book it. Book it. Those are the three big games this week in the Big 12. Thanks for making Locked On Big 12 your first listen every single day. Yay. I like you guys. Start to warm up to you. This has been It Always Will Be. Locked On. Thanks again for making it your first listen every single day. Doce Grande.